Well, all right. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. <laughs> How you guys doing this morning? Good. We're doing well. Good. Yeah. We're here. Hey, Mitch, I can hear you this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Not only can you hear me, we have new equipment. We do. Yeah. Cool new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to a grant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't just buy <laughs> yeah, it for, no. for the, those of you who listen. No, no, no. We, we got a grant and here we are with cool equipment yeah yeah it's kind of cool it's it's something that's gonna i think improve the quality of the of the podcast moving forward uh help us to uh, communicate better to you and um and we're excited to keep doing this week after week i think this has uh just been a real blessing for us so i hope it's been a blessing for you guys listening as well well hey this week we got into romans chapter 8 verses 31 through 39 pastor scott this is uh week four and the final week of his free at last series uh, just walking through romans chapter 8 um so if you have your bible and you're not driving around somewhere open up to romans chapter 8 with us and uh we'd love to kind of we're going to walk through that together uh today um before we get into that just uh guys we just announced this week that we're going to be reopening church in a couple weeks on the 24th. Um, tell me your reaction to that. What's what, what? How does that all land on you? Well, first off, church has always been open, Chris. Uh, um, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see people. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm ex- the little bit we do see people. It's like, you want to stay there forever, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm excited to see people. Um, I'm excited to worship in a building. It's, hard to sing when there's a screen in yeah. front of you and you're in your bedroom. Yeah. It's just you, know? you and your spouse hanging <laughs> yeah. out. So I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be good. And I'm just excited to start heading in that direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Know? It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little a little bittersweet too because we'd really love for the whole church to be back together at one time and we're just taking a lot of precautions to make sure that we have um, a limited amount of people in the room at one time. Right. So um, it'll be different for a little while. Yeah. It will. But. Yeah, that's what I said. Like when I originally thought about it, like when we left, it's like when we come back, it is going to be the best Sunday <laughs> yes. ever. Yeah. We're going to baptize everyone uh-huh. that's not been baptized. <laughs> And we are just going to have a party upon parties. Yes. And that's not what it's going to be. Yeah. Right. But we're yeah. still gathering together. And that excites me because it's what we should be doing. Absolutely. We yeah. should be together. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, you know, that that is the thing is is that coming back, there's going to be so many things that are going to feel very different. So, so church, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, getting ready to come on the 24th, I mean, I'd say come with the expectation that things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. You probably saw the email this week or read the, uh, the infographic or the video. Um, and so you, you kind of get a sense that things are going to be a little bit different. We're trying to protect uh, you, your family. We're also trying to uh, continue to do our part in protecting our community. So all those things are in mm-hmm. place. But um, at the end of the day, we do get to have that time together again. Well, and we're so. launching some sweet online stuff. Too, that's true. If you need to stay home. Tell so us about, exciting. tell us about what's going on with that. No. So, so on our website in the past, you know, we've always streamed our services if you're away, mm-hmm. but on the 24th, I mean, we're going to be streaming, streaming them like a, like at the level we've been doing the pre-recorded services. So yeah. you'll have lyrics when you're singing, which yeah. is something you've not had in the past. Um, you will have the ability to chat with the pastor if you're on our website or on Facebook. Like a full like yeah, online full chat. online okay. chat platform. It's actually going to be me for the next eight weeks. Okay. Um, well, I keep saying eight weeks. I don't think it's eight weeks, but this summer. Well, the, yeah, the this summer. The summer plan, <laughs> it'll be me. Um, 
And yeah, and so I'll be there kind of interacting like we've been with the watch parties. But even for those who don't have Facebook, we'll now be able to do that on our website. So we'll be doing Very that cool. in both places, um, which will be really cool. I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. And I've already talked to a lot of people in our church who have shared that they need to stay home. Right. And I'm like, cool, we'll be hanging out together <laughs> on Sundays. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. be there to chat with you and, you know, we can still kind of communicate as we have been. So just cool stuff. Definitely. You know, fun, fun, cool tech. Definitely. One thing we do want to mention um, as you are preparing for coming back, especially if you have young kids, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that you're going to have to think through because we're not able to open our children's ministry just yet. And so we're encouraging families to bring their kids to church. Um, we, we, we've set up round tables in the auditorium. And so your kids can sit at the table with you. There's going to be coloring pages and crayons that you can just take with you. Uh, they're, they're brand new in the box and you get to take them with you afterwards and all that stuff. Um, but it's something that you got to think through as a family. It's definitely something that I'm thinking through with, with my mm -hmm. family as well. We've got two young kids and we're trying to figure out what's going to be the best for them. And we don't want to be a distraction to other people at the same time. We want to worship together. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea too. Um, and just as a parent, um, I, I want to bring my three-year-old especially into church. I want him to get the idea that like, this is what we do. We sit in church together and, mm -hmm. and do this. And so, um, so there's a part of me that's like, I want him to learn that. And maybe this is the time to teach him. So you as a family, you know, you got to make that decision for, for what you think is best for your family. Uh, but just a heads up on, on that, uh, anyway, but all that's coming on May 24th. So we're, we're coming up on yes. that in just a couple of weeks. So, well, let's go ahead and dive into Romans chapter eight, uh, in Scott's sermon. Um, you know, again, we, the, the emphasis of Romans eight seems to really be around the idea of assurance, assurance of our salvation, assurance of the love of God for us. And that's really where, where this goes. And in this, um, in this sermon, Scott pointed out four things. Uh, he, he's been on a four, <laughs> yeah, a four track very, recently. It's a new, new thing for him. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it went from three to four. I guess mm -hmm. quarantine's like, I got to have an extra point. Um, <laughs> but um, They've been but, shorter, though. They have been More shorter. More points, shorter sermons. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, he's going to yeah. love hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but he's had, he had four points talking about how um, just the different things that God is for us, that God is our sovereign protector, God is our supreme provider, God's our real redeemer, and God is our sustaining preserver. Um, and so I want to walk through these one by one with us today, and, and we're going to walk through the text as well. Um, let's go ahead and read verse 31, because this, this was the first one, that God is my sovereign protector. Um, Ariel, would you read that really quick? Sure. It's a short one, but it's a great one. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Right. Awesome. Thank you. So throughout the book of Romans, Paul is coming up with all of these questions. He's trying to anticipate the question that the mm -hmm. reader is thinking in their head, and then he's trying to answer it as he's going along. So what is the question that Paul is anticipating here and how does he answer it? So the, the big answer is that, you know, God, um, God has our back. I keep thinking of Scott's point with Bobby O'Neill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I have in my mind is I want to say God has your back against the Bobby O'Neill in your life, <laughs> but not, but it's not like, it's not just about the Bobby O'Neill's. I don't want to like make yeah. it sound like that's the main point. But it's that, no, that there's nothing that can separate God's purpose for your life. Mm -hmm. You know, not your purpose for your life. Right. That's not what we're talking about. But that, you know, so it's not just God's going to help you conquer the Bobby O'Neills in your life. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's that God, um, 
as Scott said it, and I wrote this down, it's no one can ruin God's purpose um, being fulfilled for my life, mm. you know, so that, so that God is the ultimate protector yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. Absolutely. So the Bobby O'Neills. <laughs> it's a perfect name for the kid that, the kid that you fight with. <laughs> yeah. On my, uh, so on my uh, Facebook watch party, I was like, I hope Bobby O'Neill is watching right now. Well, did you see later too, someone commented there actually is a Bobby O'Neill here in yes. town and it's yeah. a lady. Oh, <laughs> it's a lady. Nice. So uh, yeah, I was talking with Adam later and he said, Scott said he never saw Bobby O'Neill again. So does that mean like, his brothers killed him. <laughs> we don't really know yeah, so. the mystery of Bobby O'Neill. All right, oh, sorry. Man. Back to the series. Yeah, of sovereign protector. Going, you know, digging into this a little more. I mean, does the text tell us? Because, because you know, you you brought up Mitch, and, and I think Scott said this too. The idea that there isn't a purpose that God has for us that will not be that will not be accomplished. Mm-hmm. So, what is the purpose? What it, does the text itself help us to understand the purpose? that God has for our lives? Well, this is the classic answer that I think that if you are an avid podcast listener to the Stones Crossing Recap Podcast, you know that God is conforming us into the image of Christ. And so it says so uh, a few verses ahead in in Romans chapter 8, verses 29, um, that he uh, foreknew and then predestined for us to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that that we could be... um, or that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Yeah. Um, so that we're called and justified, and he will be glorified as well as us. Right, totally. Yeah. You know, it, it, verse 28 even points out, he uses the word purpose as well, because he says, you know, for, for we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And he's like, what, well, here's the purpose, <laughs> that, that, they would, that mm-hmm. these people would be called, would be justified, would be glorified, and that and that's the that's the big picture. How do we just from a just a practical standpoint? How do we get this wrong? Like, how do we come to this question of like, what's what's the purpose of God for my life? What's the will of God for my life? When we just get this wrong. So, <laughs> so when I was listening on Sunday morning, I was thinking about being like a when I was you know twelve, thirteen years old, mm-hmm. and I had a girl that I liked, and I would pray to God, like saying like God like this. This is if this is your will would be the best version. <laughs> yeah. right? But the other version was like God, no, I'm just going to say it. Like this is what's supposed to happen, <laughs> and you know, like I'm supposed she's supposed to date me. Yeah, you know, and then usually she'd say no, and then I'm listening to some really sad. Like, she circled no Jesse, in your yeah, note. like Jesse McCartney songs or something, you know, something <laughs> like that. But but there's this approach that I think sometimes we have with God that we begin to see things and we say that this is God's purpose for my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we approach him and we say, God, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, God's purpose for our life is to conform us to the image of his son. Um, this, you know, this process of sanctification, this process of glorification, um, ultimately God being glorified through all this. And so for us, it's like the process isn't about us accomplishing the thing that we want. Mm-hmm. It's not that God, you know, conquers your debt. It's not the thing that you see. It's the thing that God is ultimately doing to fulfill his purpose yeah. through us. So so it's when, how we get it wrong, simply put, is when we pray to God, when we approach him, and we believe or we want him to accomplish one specific thing for us. Yeah. And that we, we, we equate that to God accomplishing his purpose, but really it's our purpose. Right. Absolutely. I mean... It, 
on that side of it, it's it's almost like the what we're saying the will of God is is so myopic. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, I mean, one, it's self-centered. Yeah. But two, it's so small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, and like you said, like, is it about God accomplishing our debt or, or you know, mm-hmm. killing off our debt or, you know, that we have the right spouse or that we're going to the right job or things like that. And we're saying this is the will of God for my life. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I, I think another way we can get it wrong is on the other other side of that, because I think we can lean so heavily into the eschatological side. So in yeah. other words, lean so heavily into, you know, this glorification idea. Mm-hmm. Which is which is true. It's part of it, mm-hmm. but but I think that there's even blessings for the here and now, um, and it's not not saying that you know we're not talking about a prosperity gospel type of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know where you know God's gonna God's gonna bless you. You know like that kind <laughs> of a thing. That's not what we're talking about. But I do think that on some level, as God is working that um, that process of sanctification in our life and conforming us more into the image of Christ. That there's a blessing that comes with that. Like, let's, I mean, let's take finances as an example. We might have a different perspective on how to use the money that God has mm-hmm. blessed us with once, once God has begun to conform us into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have a different perspective on the type of spouse that we want to have once God has begun that process within us, you know? Um, all of that changes and then seems to then better fit the will of God as we as we move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think we can get it wrong kind of on the opposite side, on both yeah. sides mm-hmm. sometimes. Well, that God provides peace too in the midst of your trials. I think that's the thing is in this pandemic, you know, when we cling to the cross and we understand that God's working and we understand his purpose, mm-hmm. we can sit and we can look at all the brokenness in the world and it can make sense. Yeah. You know, we, it can fit within our worldview um, for us when we don't, when we don't have those things in Christ, it's like, man, I, I talk to friend, friends sometimes who aren't Christian about this stuff and they're just, lost because because their purpose is being affected by this Mm -hmm. yeah you know either they just had a kid and how are you supposed to bring a kid into this world right now and this isn't the way it's supposed to be right or you know it can be their jobs affected or it's all it's all about that like it's this very you know self-centered approach to viewing the world well we have a view of the world that's broader than just how it affects me and how it hits my perspective in fact it's not it's it's about God working in our present circumstance, but it's for an eternal purpose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That I think outside of Christ, we don't have that. Yeah. And I think it's all, um, we'll probably get to this soon in uh, in the podcast today, but it's all for his glory um, where we get caught up in our glory, mm-hmm. but our glory really is a result of his glory. We need him to be glorified in order for us to have any piece of that. Um, and so as we're focusing on achieving our own glory first, we totally miss out on what you were saying. The, we're reviewing it as a, a myopic, short um, piece of what God is actually doing. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Let's just go ahead and go there. Um, this is Ezekiel 36, and um, verses 22 through 32. And this passage is, is fantastic because it is discussing the new covenant. And this is the, 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 the covenant that Christ br- brought when he... Um, when he died on the cross for us. This, this is the, the covenant that, that he made in his own blood. And it was prophesied in Ezekiel, uh, when talking about the new covenant, the way, the, the way that this little passage begins and ends is with the same line. And um, I'll, uh, it's right here. This is, here we go, verse 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, 
Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And and then he talks about the new covenant. He talks about this, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put my spirit within you and remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and all of these, like the, the fruit of that and everything. And then it ends, verse 32, it is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. And I think one of the things that's that's so cool about this is it's an understanding that God, his love for us is, um, is assured because it's not anything based out of our own merit. It's not anything based out of like anything that we do, but it's 100% about God choosing to uh, to redeem us, to save us. And he does so not for our glory, mm-hmm. not, you know, it has nothing to do with that. What he's saying here, it's actually for his own glory. And I think it has to be that way. Because um, if it's not that way, then it becomes really all about us. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes about our works and, oh, I deserve this. And then there's room for boasting and all that sort of stuff that mm-hmm. Paul really tries to shut down in the New Testament. Um, but this way, it's like, no, this is for my glory, yeah. that, that I'm saving you for my glory. And we grow in that. I mean, I mean, I was just having a conversation with JC as we were driving last week. We were driving to Terre Haute because my, my brother's moving there. He got a job. Super exciting. But mm-hmm. JC, when we started dating, lived in Terre Haute. And we were talking about how, how, you know, really what we were talking about is how God's grown us in different seasons of our life. And sometimes when you approach an old season of your life, it brings up all these old memories and perspectives and the way you thought about things. And, and I, I was telling her, it's like when I think back like five, ten years, even just the way that I handled trials and circumstances in my life was very different than it is now. And I'm not saying that as like a prideful thing. It's just like I approach a day differently Mm -hmm. the way I'm living. And it's because, you know, God is growing me in that understanding of that. It's really about his glory. It's not about myself. It's Mm -hmm. not about accomplishing my present circumstances. It's about growing in Christ likeness, you know? And so like, it's this, it's this kind of growth over time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're someone that you're listening and you're like, well, I am worried and fearful and it's like, no, God will, God will grow you, <laughs> you yeah. know, over time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we can trust him in that. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the second one. Scott brought up from verse 32. He says that um, God is our supreme provider. Um, Mitch, would you grab 32? Yeah. Okay. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How did... <laughs> How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Right. What, so what's the argument here? What, what is Paul arguing for and, and um, how do we understand this? All things means all things. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're gonna, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. What in the world? He said, okay, so let's just back up just a little bit. So, so first of all, you know, and Scott did a great job unpacking this, this idea of like the argument from the greater to the lesser that if, if God is going to give up his son, which is the more difficult thing, mm-hmm. the more painful thing, that certainly we can have that assurance that he's going to give us all things, right? So there's this question of what exactly is that? Like, uh, okay, so we have this assurance. God gave up his son, so he's going to bless us in this way. But what is this? What is all things? I think this gives us assurance that we'll have everything we need Um as you were just saying a little bit ago, that um, that God will provide all of our, our physical needs and all of our spiritual needs. Um, but we can look forward to the fact that um, 
that he's using all of this for the greater purpose of, of the eschatological outcome, mm-hmm. um, meaning end of things, that, that he is working all of this together. So while we have our sights set on what's going on in our lives right now, and we seem so focused on, on the COVID outbreak and just all of the things that, um, that we're concerned about or even worried about or panicked about, like we talked about last week, um, we can know that those things are covered. Um, we may not have our circumstances get better in the moment, but God is providing all things. Um, and what what Scott alluded to is that all things we need is actually God himself. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we think we need certain things, it's so different than what um, what we have in God. Yeah. I was looking at it um, a little bit because, I, I, Ariel, I think you nailed it, because truly the all things is, is an illusion I think it's 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 an understanding that we actually get God. We mm-hmm. get God yeah. in this whole thing, and so there's 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 nothing else that we could ever possibly need. Mm-hmm. Um, the the big thing with this, I think, is you know some people look at that and it's like, well, what is the, what is, you know is this actually talking about um, the idea that you know we're gonna we're co heirs because he talked about that earlier. So we're mm-hmm. co heirs with Christ, and so that means we're gonna inherit what, what Christ inherits, and then. And then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be the ones that are gonna co-reign with him. Is he talking about that and mm-hmm. all that stuff? And, and um, one of the commentaries that I read on this, he was just, uh, he said it's unclear what exactly he's referring to. And he quoted um, one of the early church fathers who said, um, he, he said this. He said, "Why be dubious about the ch- the chattels when you have the <laughs> Lord?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, you you don't need to worry about so much. Um, all the little details of life um, when you have mm-hmm. God himself. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's the certainty that I think that Paul is pointing us to is because we have him, we don't have to worry about all yeah. these other little little things yeah, that are like, going on. It's like that Spurgeon quote that, you know, I shared a few weeks ago when I was preaching. You know, it's as if we have a candle lit in broad daylight and someone puts the candle out and you act as if the light's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, Spurgeon says, it's like, Christian, you have your all. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it's, it's already there. You know, don't, don't, don't fret over the candle that's put out in the middle of the day. Yeah, absolutely. On the other side of that, I would say we're not, we're not saying don't do anything. Don't be like, what is it? The grasshopper and the ant story, you (laughs) know, the parable, um, because God is a God of order. He, he is a God of structure. That is something that, um, that in his likeness, that if we were created in his image, we, we, we possess some of those characteristics, some of us more than others, especially if you think about like a, a spousal relationship. Um, but we have every opportunity to use every, um, every gifting to, um, to his glory. As we're, as we're taking care of our needs, we're taking care of the, the needs of the people around us. Um, especially right now during COVID, just taking care of um, people in our community. Those are those are things that glorify Him. Um, worrying about the needs of your brother is actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, balancing those together is yeah is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, let's go to the third one. When he got into this idea of being that God is our real Redeemer, and this is out of thirty three and thirty four. Um, let me just read it here. It says. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Um, and so his, his, his point here is kind of getting to this idea of 
you know, who can condemn us? Who can bring any charge against us? Um, no one. Uh, it, this rhetorical statement is kind of laying out for us because it was Christ who justified us, who died on the cross for us, and who is interceding for us. Um, and he is greater mm-hmm. than than everyone else, that there is no one that can bring a charge against us. Um, now, I thought Scott brought up a really good point, and I want to I ask you guys about this, because he talked about this idea of, you know, who are then our accusers, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have an accuser who someone comes to us and, and, and gives this, you know, puts this charge against us, mm-hmm. then a passage like this really applies in that situation, right? But what if that accuser is yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, that you just can't forgive yourself or you keep coming back to, I can't believe I did what I mm-hmm. did, you know, um, those sorts of things. So I guess my question is, is how can we, how can we help someone or encourage someone who's maybe stuck in that place where they just can't forgive themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Scott addressed it really well with just talking about what that looks like, what that's actually saying. You're saying that if you um, have met God's standards by um, by receiving Christ as as your um, your stand-in for your sin, so you've met the um, the standard of God, but you're saying your standard is higher than God's, that you're still working toward mm-hmm. that, mm. is a ridiculous statement and really turns it on his head, you know, yeah. um, and so. Why would we? Why would we think that? Why would we hold on to something that God has removed as far as the east is from the west? That's just that's folly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Ariel, Ariel, that's really good. I was thinking the exact same thing. I loved. I loved that part of the sermon. Yeah. I, I, I just. Too. I think it was really good. Really helpful for people. I. I think we know people like this though. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we know people that they think they're just so far gone, mm-hmm. or decisions that they've made, you know, are above God's saving power. You know, and and I think I think for those people, it's there is a true redemption that's offered in Christ. And mm-hmm. I think I think what Scott alluded to is that you know Jesus had every opportunity to sep- separate himself from humankind, and he went through every trial and every circumstance <laughs> that would have made most of us do that. Is kind of you know the right. point, but he didn't. So why do you believe what you are doing right now or what you've done in your life is enough to separate you from God's love? I think it's because it's so simple. Yeah. And we just really have a hard time with that. If we're not working hard for something, for some reason it seems like it's not it's not worthy if it's mm-hmm. not worth the work. Did you ever have that saying yeah. growing up like if it's worth doing once it's worth doing, yeah. doing right, you know? Um just yeah, I, I wonder if that goes along with the the American view of like pulling ourselves up from well, our control our, con- even your bad your bad choices, you have control yeah. over them. Yeah. You know, you're in yeah. control. So you it takes releasing control to say that someone else, you know, could pay the price for your mm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a releasing of control, like you said, and it's also this, is anything worth doing if it's not worth have you ever Have you ever gone somewhere and had somebody pay for you, and you're like, no, 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 yeah. and you, like, seriously can't back down from it because you feel like it's... I don't need it. I don't... No, everything no, 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 needs to, to be even. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And it's a there. gift. You know, mm-hmm, I was having mm-hmm. this conversation with someone the other day. It's like, it's like we give gifts. Sometimes we give gifts even based off merit. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know about you guys. Like, you know, if someone's graduating or like someone's, you're like, oh, well, you know, they're wealthy, so they don't need it as much. <laughs> sure. Or you're like, they're, they're this is poor. This a glimpse into your gift, so they really your need, gift closet. They really need it. 
Yeah. You know, and, and now even our gift giving has been based off of the merit of what they're doing. Right. In our mind, you know, baby shower. You're more like, oh, well, they don't have a support network. So let's, you know, and it's like, that's not the way that God approaches this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a gift that's given that has nothing to do with the merit of you earning it. You yeah. know, which again, we, in our, in our finite ability, we, we don't approach giving anything that way. Right. Right. We just don't. Yeah. I think, I think it's important for people that are in that spot too, to recognize that again, the assurance that we have in Christ is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Um, you know, you may be in this place where you're wrestling, uh, very, you know, logically and emotionally, you're wrestling with, um, the guilt that you, that you're feeling. Um, and I would say, first of all, recognize that the feelings that you have flow from the logic. Okay. It, it, everything flows in that direction. So you have to, um, you know, basically you, we have to change our minds to get our emotions to follow. And I think the first thing that you can do for that, I, I want to give you maybe two things, practical things you can do. One is recognize that the Lord Jesus paid the penalty for you in full. Like this is, this is a, this is a logical solution. It's not an emotional solution. It's a logical solution. It's looking at the scriptures and saying, what exactly was accomplished on the cross? Mm-hmm. Why would why would God send His Son to die for you um, and then punish you simultaneously? That would be unjust of God mm-hmm. to do that. And so, so, so you can you can actually stand firm on that and say, you know what? If, if I'm if I'm a Christian, if I'm in Christ, that means that Jesus actually paid the full penalty for my sin. It's done and it's paid for. And so logically, I don't have anything else to pay for. <laughs> like, you know, so so that's the first thing. And the second thing is I, I think that this comes back to just 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 trust. And and it really I mean, really at the, at the end of the day, it's a belief thing. And faith is something that is also a gift from God. We see that all over the New Testament, how faith is something that God gives in particular measures uh, or in things like that. And I'd say um, even Ephesians chapter uh, chapter two verses eight through eight and nine talk about that idea as well, and so I would say pray, pray for faith, pray for trust in that. So if you're stuck in that, you know, start with that logical place of what did Jesus actually do on the cross, and then pray, pray for faith in, in that and trust in that. That's cool. That's super practical. <laughs> because we want something to do. <laughs> we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the last one. That God is our sustaining preserver. This is verses 35 through 39. Um, Ariel, would you, since you got the short one earlier, would you take the long one here? Yeah, (laughs) sure. Here we go. Um, Let me find 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And maybe that part wasn't supposed to be read. <laughs> Did you want me to read all through that? No, all like, the way through. Keep going. Okay. All the way to 39. Yeah, I was like, and here's your encouraging word for the day. No. <laughs> <laughs> sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Um, Scott talked about 
this idea of being more than conquerors. Uh, we're mm -hmm. going to play a, uh, a little clip real quick just to kind of refresh your memory of what Scott was talking about. So here, check this out real quick. What is more than a conqueror? Well, I love what John Piper again says about this. He, he says it this way. He says a conqueror is a, is a person who will defeat their enemy. That's a person who gains the victory in any conflict. But if you're more than a conqueror, Piper says, you not only defeat your enemy, you subjugate them. You, you make them your slave. You make them your servant. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage is this, that God has not only defeated the pain and the suffering and the adversities in your life, but God takes the pain and the suffering and the adversities in life, the trials and the difficulties, and he uses them to accomplish his good purposes for you and for me. That's what he means by subjugate them. God accomplishes our glory, our good, by using those, those difficulties and adversities in our life, by turning them around for good. So I'd love to hear your response to that. What, you know, how, does, how does that give us peace and assurance in the midst mm -hmm. of, of, uh, you know, of, of doubt and, and struggle? So I'm going to get there in a roundabout way. I apologize. Oh, here we go. But Hold when, on. When I was, relevancy will be coming. My favorite preacher, preacher says that all the time. He's like, <laughs> he's like relevancy is coming. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so when, when Scott was talking about this, I was thinking about the Avengers. And I was thinking about if I lived dun, in the world dun, of Avengers. Dun, dun. Um, and, and when you think about the Marvel Universe, it's like nothing that ever is accomplished in the great plot of a movie actually like turns the earth to good forever. It's like, there's always a next problem. Yeah. You know, every Avengers, there's another earth shattering problem that they have to accomplish again. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like, okay, in, in God's universe, I feel like I'm writing like a teen devotional, but, <laughs> but in, in God's universe, it's like what God has accomplished, God has accomplished. And in fact, what Scott's saying, it's like, as if even the, the villain <laughs> is being used in God's purpose. Mm -hmm. So where it's just it's just such a different like world than what we're painted, you know, in every movie. It's like, you know, Iron Man's going to go up in the sky and he's never you know, nobody's going to ever die. That always happens. Spoilers, but it's like all these things are going to happen. Mitch, you can't and, say and, that. <laughs> yeah, and the and <laughs> it's going the movie's going to end and it's like everything's good, but by now we know that's not for long. <laughs> we know it's going to yeah. be awful again in six months. And it's like, that's not, that's in the grand scheme of things. That's not how our world works. Mm -hmm. mm. No, it's definitely, that's what I was thinking. Well, that was about. good relevance. I appreciate that. I think that it was cool to hear the word subjugate. I didn't even know, I hadn't used that word before, but it really, it really, um, emphasizes what God is doing to the enemy. Um, and if you think about it in your day to day, just getting up in the morning, trying to get to work, something goes wrong. Um, just knowing that he's using every single little detail that will not thwart his plans for mm. the outcome. Um, and so I get caught up in the details every day. I'm just, you know, and, and as he's growing me and stretching me and um, his son's likeness, I just, I'm hoping that I can start to trust him more, as Chris was saying, just to pray that he would um, 
that he would grow me to to trust that he is taking care of every little detail. If his eyes on the sparrow, that he's watching me. And I mean, we're just pulling scripture out today. Is, yeah. <laughs> I love biblical imagery. It's so good. But yeah, I know that I know that he's taking care of every detail and he's so vast that he can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just look at the scripture and how many there was this cool thing this weekend. I don't know if you saw this floating around on Facebook. It was a a um, pictorial right. imagery of all of the threads of scripture, of oh. where scripture refers to other scripture. Yeah. It looks like this giant rainbow of crazy tiny threads. Yeah. And it is amazing. And you think, you know, this would be a crazy thing for one author to pull off, but for, what is it, 40-some authors to right to pull off is insane, Um, all guided by one author. Um, And so I know that he can handle details. So Absolutely. So cool. Yeah, this passage ends with this incredibly assuring verse that talks about how nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And Scott brought in to the idea, uh, just asking this question, I mean, wait, can't can't my sin... Mm-hmm. separate me? Doesn't my sin separate me from the love of Christ? So um, how would we respond to that? Uh, first, what, maybe we can go back to what Scott said and then, and then and, um, add a little commentary onto that. How, how is it that even our sin can't separate us from the love of Christ? How does that work? Uh, well, I think I'm going to refer back to what we just talked about, that if your sin has been atoned for, all sin from this point on has already been paid for. Mm-hmm. It just happened retroactively. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be just to pay for it again. If Christ, if Christ's death on the cross right. didn't pay for and atone for our sins, mm-hmm. then the, it, it, God would not be just for to demand a repayment. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, kind of as Scott talked about a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think that's that again. It's that control yeah. issue. I think is what it comes back to is right. that. You know, we struggle to release control um, over mm-hmm. to God, to anything, to anyone. Yeah. We want to be in control. But release in releasing that control, we find that freedom. And we are free, free at last, as the sermon yes. is right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you brought up Marvel. It made me think of um, Star Wars. And yesterday we were talking about Star Wars. And we're like, how many Death Stars now? I mean, is the last movie, Episode Nine, the first one where they didn't have a Death Star type (laughs) enemy? And and as one is defeated, there's always another one coming. And God just doesn't operate like that. Um, As our sin is atoned for, it doesn't mean that there's another Death Star sin hanging around in us that is now beyond his reach or beyond his covering. Um, It's been done. It's done. Mm -hmm. Right. Dumb been done. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, too, I mean, it, it comes back to just what Scott said. Like, at the end of the day, one, we talked about this from Ezekiel, that God, he, he's doing this for his own glory. It's, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the right way to view it. Um, but secondly, Scott, I think, rightly pointed out, he loves us because he loves us. Like, he doesn't love us because we're so good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't love us because he has, you know, tremendous, you know, pity on us because of whatever situation mm-hmm. and things like that. That's not the, the foundation of his love. His love is based in his own, his own goodness. His mm-hmm. love is based in his own character. And what that means is that God is never going to go against his character, and that means that that love cannot be stripped away from yeah. you. Um, 
it's it's done for for his glory and his glory alone and you guys um you know if if you've if you've ever struggled with assurance if you've ever um just really uh got to that place where you're like i just don't know um <clears throat> rest in this rest in the assurance of knowing that christ has paid the price for you absolutely and um and it's done and it's done mm-hmm. <laughs> you are you are truly set free and you're, and you're a conqueror yeah you know not to not to just keep you know talking about it but it's yeah. like I have the imagery of the cancer patient in Christ that can go in and know that death has been conquered mm-hmm. for them. You know, the assurance that they have in that, that it's not, it's not found in their present circumstance, right? but it's found in what God's already done. Right. Um, that provides you peace um, in the midst of whatever trial you're going through. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I think that's what Paul's in the question mode that you're saying Paul's doing through Romans. That's what he's trying to answer for them is mm-hmm. how do you have peace in the midst of trial? How do you understand what God's doing in the midst of your trial? And it's that God is, you know, working all this out for his purpose. Absolutely. Well, you guys, thanks so much for walking through Romans 8, uh, the last part of Romans 8 with us. Hopefully this was helpful to you as, as you're listening at home. And, um, and you know, again, over and over again, we just want to tell you, if you have questions, uh, if, if you're struggling with stuff, this is what we're here for. Uh, reach out to us at any time. We would love to talk, talk with you and answer your questions and help you to understand all this stuff even more. Again, uh, we're looking forward to next week. Hey, uh, Pastor Derek is actually preaching this next Sunday. He's going to be talking about a prophet. A prophet. Let's yes. leave it open. We'll find out on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so have a, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Sunday Recap. <laughs>